know the idea that great whites are these malicious killing machines roving the shorelines looking for some swimmer to chomp on is just pure fiction. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And if you can guess who this is, you've been paying very close attention. It's Sergio. Probably more attention than you paid to tonight's movie. Actually, no, you. Uh, I shouldn't make fun of you. you. You were very admirable for what I gave you. Yes. On this one. Um, this is the first episode of our anniversary month. This is, I believe, the third anniversary of the creation of Scream 101, which is insane. Um, we started it on July 3rd. 2015 i guess yeah yeah look at that math that's crazy isn't that crazy yeah well um this is a tradition that we started when sergio joined the show but every anniversary month we're going to be exploring uh like sequels and spinoffs and whatever of movies that we watched in the previous year or uh, this one's actually i believe from june of 2016 so i guess is the previous 13 months yes um but we will be discussing Deep Blue Sea 2. But first, let's review movie. Uh, <laughs> but first, let's do 10 word reviews of movies we watched in the last two weeks because we took a week off. I really hope you keep every single one of those mistakes in. Oh, I'm not. I'm having so many technical difficulties. Okay, well, and uh, then I'm melting down. Okay, so uh, the first movie that I'm going to review is going to be the first movie that we saw chronologically. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Incredibles 2. Okay. Uh, only Jack Jack could make me want to adopt a raccoon. Ooh, and my review—I didn't even need ten words, just three. It's worth the epilepsy. Okay, look at that. Yeah, check you out. What's your next one? Um, my next one is Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. As bold and brash as any sequel, second tier sequel can be. Okay, and my review of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is J. A. Bayona's the only one who showed up to work. Who's Jay Bayona? The director. Okay. What's okay. the next one? My last review is Sicario Dave the Soldado. Proving bigger isn't always better. Sicario 2 fails to deliver. And my review of Sicario Dave the Soldado is made me appreciate the first one more because it sucked. <laughs> and um, you may notice that sometimes when we're doing our 10 word reviews, we digress and we talk about the movie a little bit and we kind of break it down. Um, well,. You know what? Guess what? That's going to still be happening, but happening on our Patreon feed. That's what is opening that? This weekend. Um, if you don't know, and clearly you, I don't. Do you not know? I know. I'm trying to help oh, you okay. provide exposition okay, to the people. I, I ruined our little skit. I'm sorry. Yes, and. Um, <laughs> if you don't know, Patreon is a uh, subscription service online where people can pay money to people, to creators that they really enjoy in order to get. Uh, special exclusive content and inside behind the scenes looks at things and things like that. And a lot of different um, podcasts and other web entities use Patreon um, much to their benefit. And I know we are a extremely small scale operation and we cannot ask a lot from people and we are not asking a lot from people. Um, but if you do want to head over to our Patreon and check it out a little bit, um, we do have two tiers right now. We might build out a couple more. Um, the first one is a $2 tier um, where you will get our exclusive 
10 minute reviews, which is all, um, well, at least pretty much all the current movies that we do on our 10 word reviews, we're going to kind of expand and do full mini uh, episode reviews of that. Sergio, you are breathing so hard into the microphone. I'm sorry. It's like, it's like I'm with Darth Vader in this room. It's like, <laughs> a little under the weather. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of, uh, we're recording in our new apartment. So there's an echo. Yes, yeah, so there's a bit of an so echo. Because we haven't made a house a home yet. Yeah, exactly. And also there might be some fireworks in the background because it's the week before 4th of July and people just can't help themselves. Um, but yeah, so that's the second tier. It's going to be 10-minute uh, mini reviews of the movies we do in our 10-word reviews. You'll also get exclusive content like this picture I just drew of Brennan. Oh, okay. See, that's perfect. You're already thinking... <laughs> it's really good it's is it me in a santa hat and it says yeah. screen 101 yeah isn't that the name of our pod i don't think so okay well whatever <laughs> okay see no i'm glad you're already thinking about how to monetize our podcast outside the box man that's what i do that's what i bring to this show yeah no um i'm actually i am gonna post it on the patreon i'm gonna grab my phone right now and take a little picture i was gonna post it on uh, twitter just for free no we gotta make people pay for this crap making i'm gonna post it for free no 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 no. we gotta be true to our branding nobody's gonna pay to see this shit image well, no, um, th- th- that this is the first time sign up bonus reward. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little picture of you in a Santa hat. Yeah, it's inspired by that Instagram picture of you where you have a Santa hat and you're holding it up. Oh yeah, you can see that for free on my Instagram yeah. at the Burning Clem. Anyway, okay. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna this is taking so long. I'm so sorry, so sorry. Um, our our three dollar tier. Um, you get, and this is $3 a month and mm-hmm. we're going to be updating both tiers every month. So you are getting something, mm-hmm. but our $3 tier, you get the 10 minute reviews as well as our archives of all of our older episodes. I discovered that the RSS feed on, um, Patreon is actually super user friendly. So that's where I put all of our archives instead of Squarespace, which was kind of complicated. Um, yeah. So any, um, episodes that aren't the 100 episodes that are available on Apple podcasts, um, you can get at our $3 tier on Patreon and that's patreon.com slash scream one Oh one. Again, we know we're such a small, small, small thing, but literally any amount of money you can give is super duper nice. And we love you so much. And yeah, I mean, the reason it's starting is first of all, this is our third anniversary and it's like, Hey, we can maybe make money off of this occasionally but also we need to pay rent <laughs> yeah so that's exciting and fun mm-hmm. um but the thing is now sergio is kind of a captive audience for the podcast i can just grab him and we're gonna be like so much more available for content you know yeah get up for me <laughs> really okay um yeah so without any further ado sorry that announcement took so long but it, it's it's been a really long two days. We moved in literally yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, here is the plot of Deep Blue Sea 2. A shark conservationist is hired as a consultant on a top secret project on genetically enhanced sharks. There's so many hyphens in that sentence. Funded by a pharmaceutical billionaire. But soon, the highly intelligent super sharks turn on their masters and Who begin to pick them coming? off one by one. I sure couldn't have. You know, this is kind of like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom where it's like, you know that thing that failed the first time? I can totally super do that this time. Uh-huh. Um, 
This was directed by Darren Scott, who's actually a producer, um, and he produced Tales from the Hood, which is a movie we watched forever ago. Actually, I believe that episode will shortly be up on our $3 tier on Patreon archives. Nice plug there. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, Tales from the Hood is great. He's a great producer. Um, We'll see how he did as a director. As always, um, we rate our movies out of five on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. So what's your scariness score for this movie? Are you going to have shark nightmares tonight? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so your scariness score is no. <laughs> it's a one. Um, never was I scared. I mean, I use that phrase a lot when reviewing movies. Never ever was I scared during this movie. And then I take a, like, a shot of my imaginary tequila in my hand. So um, should I be trying harder to bring scarier movies to the table? No, it's not your fault. You try to bring like eclectic movies that we can talk about and have an interesting discussion. And you really did kind of make an effort to make this month more for me by including this movie that was tied to my childhood uh, so much so because I liked the first one so much. Yeah. And it's also a current movie. It's a 2018 release. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not into theaters, you may have noticed. It wasn't your fault that this movie was bad. No. That was the movie's fault. When the movie first started, I don't know if this little review, this analysis should go under now or the overall segment. Just go for it. But uh, when it first started, I wasn't sure if it was one of those movies that was like a legit sequel or if it was one of those movies that they made a sequel like just to get the uh, like name recognition bump. It was definitely the latter. Do you really think so? Absolutely. I mean, it's more like it's one of those sequels that's basically a remake. It's the same plot beats. There's okay. no reference to the original. Mm-hmm. Literally, the main character, whose name is Misty Callahan or something, or Calhoun, or I don't know why I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I remember that because I looked it up on IMDb, and because her, her character in the beginning is like, my mother created this shark conservationist organization. I'm like, oh, her mom's probably that chick who got eaten in the first one. Oh, really? It's not. Oh, there's literally Aww. i'm like why does she have like a dead mom who we don't talk about and then she turns out to be no one that also kind of happens in spoilers jurassic world fallen kingdom um oh, yeah. th- th- there's a mom reveal in that um that is kind of lame um a mess but yeah incredibly uh wasteful as that could have been such an easy tie into a sequel maybe they literally didn't have the rights to anything but the name or something. It's Although, possible. I, I do miss LL Cool J's presence in the soundtrack of this movie, mm-hmm. but this movie may have had an original song. There was definitely a song that must have been titled Deep Blue Sea during the James Bond-esque opening credit sequence. That opening sequence was so pointless. <laughs> it was just uh, shots of like a scuba lady and then turtles. Yeah. So like a little, so if you guys have been listeners to this podcast before, you probably heard Brennan like scold me for like going to social media so quickly into a movie. Um, uh-huh. But I couldn't help it because the opening titles to this movie were two minutes of just like useless shots of ran- like useless stock footage where they just announced the credits and stuff. Yeah, and the credits were in a font that I'm pretty sure comes in the uh, default package of Windows Movie Maker. Mm-hmm. So not super exciting visually. It was boring. I mean, not that the first two minutes of the film really like hooked me and I was like, oh yeah, I'm ready for this movie. You mean those two fishermen who talked like Shrek and we couldn't understand them? Uh, yeah. See that for like those fishermen, I thought 
they were like Icelandic or something. Yeah, I thought they were. I don't know what. Apparently, they, they were, were South African because it was off the coast of South Africa or something. Uh, they could have been. I thought they were just Scottish people who just went down to the coast of Africa. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a foreign movie that they were trying to pass off as American and using the deep blue sea thing. Honestly, which, I would have liked that more. <laughs> which might not have been too far off from what it actually was, apparently. Um, anyways, like whatever hope I had was quashed during those opening scenes. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm here for this, I guess. Yeah, I'm in the room. Brace myself. I say all that to say it was not scary. Yes, I also gave it a one out of five. Um, This movie was mostly people walking through the same hallway with different lights. Um, So painful. To to steal a line from the audience uh, shouting section of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, same room, different light, cheap movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's very clearly the same metal hallway it's set that they keep cheap. reusing. Um, it, it's it's less boring than I thought it might be, and we'll get to why later. Some of the I guess key aspects of this film are going to be revealed in the later segments. Yes, such as campiness, yes, and effects, possibly one or two um but yeah it's mostly people in those hallways and yelling about their uh, diverging philosophies uh they try to pull in a little bit of subtext about how automation is killing uh industry in capitalism mm-hmm. and it's like why is this here mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a movie about sharks that are real smart one thing i will say is i thought the movie was originally very um i was gonna say like kind of environmentally friendly or taking like a pro climate pro animal uh-huh. steak because the fishermen are like finning like that's what they're doing they're taking the fins off of sharks yeah and that's one of the, i guess one of the causes du jour is that what you would say of the day yeah like people are like oh like no you shouldn't do that as a result of some environmental movies that have come out recently um, and I was like, oh, they're going to do that thing where they piggyback like, off a cause. This is a horror movie of blackfish. Uh-huh. Um, but And it really didn't go that route. No, it did not. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, what's your campiness score? Campiness. Um, I'm going to give it, I want to say a two. Okay. But it was higher than that, so I want to give it a four. Wow, oh, that's quite a leap. It's quite a range, I know. I contain multitudes, as you, does this movie. You do. Um, I'm giving it, I'm kind of landing in between your two scores. I'm giving it a three, because I think it was too uh, cheap and boring to deserve more, but there were definitely moments that really caught my eye. Uh-huh. Um, is there anything that really sticks out to you that um, you enjoyed as part of campiness? Um, hmm. Campiness. Campiness isn't the same as effects. No. So, <laughs> uh, well, the, some effects can be really campy. That is true. Okay, I agree with that. Okay. Like, remember when they were having a secret conversation? In the- <laughs> <laughs> keep going, there keep was, going. There was somebody eavesdropping in. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Downton Abbey. Um, but in Downton Abbey, it's a big house, right? It's a castle. Yep. It's I an abbey. I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> it's an abbey. And there's lots of doors and lots of people in this abbey. And people are always having secret conversations about other people in this abbey. And there's always a third person listening in on like the crook, on like the creases of the doors. The door uh-huh. is open slightly askance or whatever. Um, 
And so this is exactly like Downton Abbey. Two people are having a conversation in a closed room, but there is somebody listening in. And we don't see the full body of this somebody. We just see an eye, a menacing eye. And <laughs> a menacing, unmoving, rigid plastic eye. And it's the eye of one of the sharks. It looks like a mad ball from the 80s. Mm-hmm. It does not look like a shark. It looks <laughs> but so it's bad. But it's a shark looking through a little porthole and listening in on their conversation. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, but oh, speaking of Down Abbey and people constantly overhearing conversations, it reminds me of that uh, fake show from Insecure um, that Scott Foley oh, was in, like Northern uh, something. Up North? No. I don't remember. Due North. Due North. Yeah, which was like a weird like slavery melodrama. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's constantly like this little kid watching every conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that was the shark in this movie. That was, there's a lot of really special. There's the James Bond song that I already mentioned. Um, there's the main actress who only communicates via hair flips. She hair flips so many times. At one point in this movie, she was giving CPR. <laughs> yes. And every time the camera cut to her, she managed to give a hair flip. That's how you get momentum from pushing someone's chest. I don't know if she was like if it was contractually obligated for her to do that. I don't know if like the sheer inertia of, you know... Pumping someone's chest made her give it her flip. <laughs> no, every seat. She's introduced. Like, a guy walks up and he's like, are you Dr. McMurphy Calhoun? Mm-hmm. She's like, Whoop. yes, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, At oh, first, I didn't see you there. During that CPR scene, I thought they were, like, reusing just stock footage of her giving CPR. But her lips were clearly moving to, like, lines. Those are fireworks, Brennan. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, fireworks are still scary. <laughs> Yeah, stock footage is what I thought it was. It wasn't. It was just a very poorly made film. Uh, yes. Um, what else do I have? Oh, she does have her Oscar reel moment where they're like trapped in one of the uh, one of the three sets in this movie, which is the uh, recreation of the underwater lab from the original. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like trapped. <laughs> they're trapped in the room, and she's just a random line that she has about sharks she turns into like her monologue Mm -hmm. she's like i am playing hamlet and titus andronicus and like coriolanus and all of the great dramatic shakespeare roles rolled into one woman like henry the fourth yeah at the peak like at the end of her rope and she's like and i'm gonna kill all of these effing sharks and she's crying and i just clap hair flipping yeah basically Oh, it's it. That's a powerful moment. It really is. It really makes you think. One thing I'm going to say that you mentioned, and this is going to segue into effects because it's both campy and effects. Wait, Um, can I say? one more thing before we move out of this. Go ahead. Here's your Um, soapbox. Just the the fake Tom Jane guy. Um, he his swimsuit is so tight he literally can't move, so he waddles around all the time. Anyway, carry on. He was very uncomfortable, and you could see it. Yeah. Um. Uh, I did like, now that you mentioned that, how they essentially recast the first cast with, like, the 2018 versions of them. Yeah. I mean, I only remember these... Or at least created characters in their mold. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, that that that's that lends to the idea that this is more or less a remake. Like, uh-huh. there's the guy who plays the pretty much the uh, Samuel L. Jackson character... Mm-hmm. Um, there's the late, uh, the main lady who is the main lady whose name I don't remember, but it was a fun name. So I'm going to look it up. Um, but yeah, some stuff. 
Okay, so I'm going to take this moment to say what is a, a campy thing, but also in effect. Yes. I was very... Well, Brandon, like, first off mentioned, uh, or mentioned earlier that the facility that they're at looks very, very small. Yes. The, oh, my God. I forgot. The water world, like attraction at universal studios is bigger and more expensive intimidating <laughs> than this water facility it looks like a shack it like a shack like, in the middle of the ocean it looks like someone got one of those what i'm trying to remember the name of this toy that i had as a kid there were like little connecty things with there were like little yellow Lincoln spokes Logs? no there were like little yellow spokes and you could like put little uh sticks into them and make them into like a contraption. They're little connecting things. It's like, like ticks and cubes or something. I don't know, like off-brand Lego, whatever. No, it was a thing. It was like ticks and cubes. It was like for engineering kids. Yeah, it was like if someone got three of those little yellow wheels and connected it by two sticks, mm-hmm. and they put it in the ocean. Connectos. It's not connects. Connects. I think it's connects. Maybe I don't know. Um. Anyways. Um. Yeah. So this facility looks like shit. And in one shot, and one shot only, they have, like, this underwater look at it. It's pretty good under there. It looks beautiful. Yeah. It looks like a legit facility instead of this shack on the ocean that they managed to get. Yeah. Like, from topside, it looks like a dock that got got unmoored and floated off into the ocean. Mm -hmm. But underwater, it's this state-of-the-art high-tech facility. Uh And also, the sharks can dig tunnels, by the way. We forgot to mention that. That wasn't really like a big plot point, though. It wasn't, which it should have been, because I would have loved to see that. All we knew from that is that the sharks were up to no good. There were every line was sharks can do that, and it was like these ones can. I was like, look, this shark was what was her? It was wasn't it like Bessie or something? I don't remember. Bevy, baby. I don't remember anything about the sharks other than they were bull sharks. They were bull sharks because <laughs> in the in the opening, one of her students was like, so what's your least favorite shark? And she's like, bull sharks. And then when she gets there, she's like, oh, why did it have to be bull sharks? Ack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bull sharks, was, bull sharks, bull sharks. That was exactly her um, <laughs> her reaction to it. Thank you. She became, who, who is that? It's Kathy. Kathy, okay. I thought it was Harriet Beecher, but okay. Harriet Beecher Stowe? Yeah. Um, okay. Um <laughs> Um, no, but it's like, no, they're constantly shocked at what these sharks can do. And I'm mm-hmm. like, at a certain point, I would be like, yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so. Effects. Yeah. How did we transition into that? Oh, the the underwater shot of the yeah. model actually looked good. The effects ranged from very bad to like, clearly there were bad effects so that they could have one to two good scenes. Yeah, there were. There were two extremely memorable scenes to me. Um, I'm going to start off with what I thought that was the most memorable. Yes, and what please. happened, I think, first. Uh, Did you give a numerical score, though? For effects? Yeah. Three? Okay. Just somewhere in the middle. Sure. Because it's, again, a range of, like, two scenes with really good effects. And the rest of the movie is just, like, tiny baby sharks. Yeah, or, like, just hot tub bubbles uh-huh. <laughs> chasing someone. Or the synchronized swimming sharks. Those were beautiful. Um so the first scene that really captured me by surprise, because I didn't notice that it had happened. Granted, by the time I had seen it on TV, I was like kind of checked out, so it wasn't paying yeah. full attention. But it was when Daniel, one half of the like academic, uh, acad- shark academics in the movie. No, one was like a neurobiologist and one was like a neuropsychiatrist or something. Uh-huh. The sharks have a lot of feelings, I know. Um, 
Anyways, like he's swimming with a friend to safety, and then the friend pulls him oh, up, yeah. but you only see half of his body. And I'm like, when did this happen? It happened off screen. But no, because they pull him out of this tube with the ladder that they were climbing out of, and his intestines are just spilling out of the bottom. Yeah. That was really good. That was surprising. Okay, but honestly... That wasn't one of your two? That wasn't one of my two. So okay. there are at least three scenes in this movie that are good. Okay, give me your next one. Um, first of all, I'm giving this two out of five because I did like some of the effects, but like I did air lower because there was a lot of really bad stuff. Especially the opening sequence is so bad. Yeah. Um, there is almost no point in which a human shares the frame with a shark. Mm-hmm. It's a guy just reaching down off camera and then it's so lame. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So there's the part where the guy who is an off-brand Jason Momoa, um, a shark jumps mm. out of the pool and just eats his head and only the head, and mm. then his headless body falls into the lake, mm-hmm. which is great. And then there is the uh, there's the like kind of climactic shot where the the Samuel L. Jackson character who has created these sharks because he wants to make an intelligence pill to make humans smarter than automation. It's a whole thing. Um, he's like, I need really smart humans to make my Apple iPhones or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so he's like, the sharks, I am their master. And then the sharks like, uh, uh-uh, uh, cause sharks have a really good sense of dramatic irony. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shark like launches him into the sky and then there's this slow motion shot of him, like just bursting through the air with this shark coming up behind him and his jaws opening to like catch him and drag him back down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was the it? other one that I had. Yeah, and that was a genuinely beautiful shot. Uh-huh. Like, that shot and then the one of the underwater um, exterior shot uh-huh. of the location. Those are two actually very good shots. Yeah. It was a clearly well-crafted shot, like, down to every drop of water that was in that scene. Mm-hmm. I was like, they spent time on this. This one scene. But it became kind of evident that the whole movie was a build-up for that one scene. Yeah. and th- Yeah, be- because the movie ends... Almost seconds after that scene, mm-hmm. the movie has, uh, this is kind of transitioning to quality actually, but the movie has a really perfunctory ending because um, they're sailing away on this boat, the three people who survive, and the lady's like, no, we can't let these sharks live. And then he's like, oh, okay, so we'll blow them up. So he presses an explosion, and then 10 seconds later, the, the facility explodes, and then they leave. And I'm like, oh, mm. <laughs> oh, okay, it's done. <laughs> Yeah, that easy. There was no big shark battle. Um, There was no uh, callback to the awesome scene in the first one where, spoilers, the main lady, whose name is Saffron Burroughs, I looked it up, Mm -hmm. she gets the hell eaten out of her by a shark in the very end of the movie, Mm -hmm. which I was kind of hoping would happen, but it's fine. I didn't want to be stuck with the fake Tom Jane character for any longer than I had to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. What was this? No, just the ending's really perfunctory. And... It was just really strange. The, the main sharks are barely a presence in this movie. It's mostly the baby sharks, yeah, which are awesome, but still kind of kind of strange. Yeah. So, uh, a point on the sharks. Um, there was apparently five big sharks. Yes. In the movie, we only ever get to know one of them intimately. Yeah, I'm gonna name her Beverly. I don't remember her name. And that's only because she's a she. And she is pregnant. Life finds a way, Sergio. And it's a surprise to everybody because they're like, how did she get pregnant? She's not pregnant. She would have, her vitals would have changed or something or other. Um, And then it turns out that she is pregnant and she gives birth to like this ravenous pool of tiny baby sharks. Like 85 piranha sharks. Yeah. Um, And so, fun fact, Brennan, did you know that sharks give life birth? 
Uh, or give birth to live young. Huh. I that's guess that makes some sense. interesting for you to learn. Anyways, I found that out while like reading up on bull sharks. Were you actually? <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Um, Look, this movie inspired you to learn about sharks. I wonder because I wanted to know if bull sharks were really as bad as she made them out to be. Are they? There was nothing on Wikipedia for it, but for all I know, there could be. <laughs> they were like, these sharks is real bad. <laughs> um, anyways, so by like the third half, the third half, the th- <laughs> last third of the movie, the real enemy is these baby sharks. Yes. Who are just chasing after people. And and it's so cute. It's funny is what it is. It's so cute. Cause it's, it's, it's like just, the Muppet babies, but they're, sh- they're all sharks. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Because we just hear these sharks and they like imagine a bunch of really fast moving little sharks. And that's the sound that they use. (laughs) It's the sound that they use to show that these things are real. It is very Keystone Uh Cops-esque in those shots. But uh, there's a special. What's your quality score? I'm going to give it a two. So am I, twinsies. I'm giving it a two, and that's me being generous. It gets a two because it really mimics the first one well. Um, having said that, it also destroys the first one's legacy. Yeah. Look, I, I am no big fan of the first one, um, so I have no uh, memories to tarnish. But yeah, it, it's obviously not as good as the first one. It was never going to be. It has one quintillionth of the budget. Yeah. Um, it was released exclusively on Redbox. I, I think it might have been a sci-fi channel release. That makes more sense. Something like that. Um, I'm not incredibly up on its production. You forgot to mention that the movie didn't even give you a menu. No. The Redbox didn't even play trailers. It just started. You know how sometimes you, when you look at the backs of old DVD covers and it'll say... Under bonus features? Yeah, it'll say like, a menu. Yeah, interactive menus. Yeah. Scene selection. <laughs> yeah. This movie doesn't offer you that, so now you know why those are considered bonus features. Yeah. It, it's a real throwback to mm-hmm. a simpler time. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, man. Yeah. What else was... Yeah. Um, this is a really messy movie. The first 30 minutes are really boring. The third act does not exist, but the second act, which is a prolonged slasher movie with little baby sharks, I kind of enjoyed. You really did like it, there inexplicably. Were, there were little moments, like where um, the character who eventually gets his intestines spilled out, he's like hanging from the ceiling, and the little baby shark's like jumping up after him. I was just like cooing with glee. I was like, oh, this is so fun. Look, they're so cute. Uh-huh. Um, And there were a lot of... There, there's... There's quite a few moments for you to make little Rocky Horror MST3K jokes because uh-huh. um, there are a lot of pauses in these lines, uh-huh. first of all. Um, it seems like people were forgetting their lines on set, probably. But there, there was one line where the guy, the guy was like, my sharks are incredible. And someone's like, yeah, that's going to go on your tombstone. <laughs> and I'm just like, Mr. Calvin, his sharks are incredible. I don't know. Um he would love to be remembered for that. His whole point was like, I think at one point she was like, I'm going to let everybody know what you've done here. And he's like, yes, thank you. Finally, some recognition. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, there's one line that was so bad and it was so memorable. It, um, I don't think you were super attentive during this part. So you may have missed it, but a guy was saying, we're just pieces of chess on a chessboard," And that's not how you say that. <laughs> like, you know, like chess pieces or whatever, or pawns or, or pawns. Whatever. You would say it's, pawns. it's not pieces of chess. 
<laughs> it didn't shatter and you're like putting it all back together. Oh, that was so special. Anyway, this movie wasn't good, but I, I do have a certain fondness for it. Well, Brennan likes terrible movies, and so... it it I, I'm not going to go ahead and give it that, like, good-bad stamp. Uh-huh. Because if I did, I would at least give it a three, and I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not recommending this movie, but um, I feel like it at least made up for how boring the first part was by being generic yet quasi-entertaining uh-huh. for the rest of it. Uh-huh. I was like, all right, I see you. Okay. <laughs> Deep Blue Sea 2. Awesome. Um, it, it's the reverse of the LL Cool J song. It's a uh, less deep, less blue. His head is not like a shark's fin. <laughs> Are you asleep now? I am like so over talking this movie. Okay. I mean, well, that's fine. It's actually a perfect coincidence because we're done talking about this movie. Awesome. <laughs> um, I will tell you what we're watching next week, but first here, you can, here's how you can contact the show. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Scream 101 Podcast, on Twitter at Scream 101 Pod. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can uh, rate and review us. And uh, thank you to Robert uh, Prudhomme or Prudhomme. I don't, it seems French and I don't know French. Um, I'm Sure. Um, but thank you for your review. Uh, he already got his Cult of Chucky digital download code. Someone finally accepted a gift from us? I know. God. Like, I'm so happy. I love this guy already because <laughs> we've been trying to give away stuff on this show forever. Um, and nobody takes us up on anything. Like, I mean, Mook got the ice cream. That's true. But, like, everybody else. Like, okay, you want this... What was it? What's that? Zac I mean, Efron movie? Uh, Neighbors. No, the other one. Neighbors 2? The other one. Dirty, Dirty Grandpa. Grandpa. Well, like, we couldn't give some of this stuff away. Uh, we're we, literally giving it away. I think I did offer someone a digital download of Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 once, which, guess what? Didn't sell. <laughs> um, you own that movie? Yeah. But I got it on Black Friday, and only so I could watch it along with a podcast about how bad it was. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, that, stay tuned next that, week that was for my, more of that Brennan's was my terrible buster. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Special uh, thank you to Robert for your uh, review. It was very kind, and also thank you to the mysterious invisible person who uh, also gave us a five star rating but left no review. That was just like a little, uh, little, little locked room mystery there. Like, who left this here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, but yeah, thank you to both of you. That's really cool. Um, I guess I'll, I can offer a digital download of Deadpool. I guess. You can prepare for the home video release of Deadpool 2, which was very enjoyable. Um, yeah, and you can also find us on Patreon now at patreon.com slash scream101. And next week, we are going to be following up on, well, unfortunately, um, George Romero passed away in the past year. And we did, um, during that time, watch his film Land of the Dead. We're going to be following up with another film from that franchise. We're going to be watching Day of the Dead next week, his 1985 film. And one of only two of those six films that I haven't seen. And that was a lot of numbers. That didn't make any sense. There are six films in that franchise. I have not seen two of them. And Day of the Dead is one of those two. Is it of the dead? Is that the franchise? Yeah. Night of the Living Dead. Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. Okay. And I'm assuming you haven't seen Survival. That is correct. Yay. Uh, I have not heard many, many things at all, but also not any good things, really. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, Day of the Dead next week. Check it out. Um, check out our Patreon. We're going to 
record some of those 10 minute reviews shortly but that doesn't that really doesn't matter to them because it's all going to be there by the time this is posted yeah half the people have stopped tuning oh yeah they're super gone (laughs) (laughs) okay um until next week good luck on your journey and thank you for coming with us on this journey of joy stay gold everybody bye have a happy fourth oh yeah they would have had a happy fourth i hope you had a happy fourth (laughs) (laughs) yes independence Hot dogs. Yeah. Bye. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hey everyone, welcome to Eerie Earfuls. Every two weeks we choose a horror movie double feature to compare and contrast for your entertainment. Who chooses rotates each episode. We explain why we chose the films and then proceed to analyze the two. Why did you pick these two movies? Because both sequels reference and parody the original. They're both werewolf movies, and both of the main characters feature disabilities. I wanted to pair two slasher films that were based on revenge plots. I liked the theme of misunderstood monsters. Fair warning, there will be spoilers. I'm Justin. And I'm Brandon. You can subscribe to us on CastBox and iTunes. Thank you for listening, and stay scared, everyone. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.